and welcome to Comic Book Nation, episode 74, and I am a little different looking from your normal host, Kofi. Uh, he's taking a well-deserved vacation day, so I will just be trying to do my best to imitate him. Uh, of course, I've got a great crew with me. I've got Jim Viscardi. Hello. Wow, what an, what an underwhelming hello. So enthusiastic. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? That was, a optimistic, that was what an was that? optimistic... Hello. Oh, that, that vine where the substitute teacher comes in every day. Jeez. Hello. Hello. The Debbie Downer sound might as well have played. All right. And of what? course, we have Charlie. <laughs> we have Hi, Charlie everybody. See Good that. afternoon. Hello. That's what we want. Oh, I'm not going to fake it like Charlie did. I'm only oh, faking geez. it because you went so low. I had yeah, to, to overcompensate. You said the bar. Uh -huh. All right. Well, uh, so you can, just from the first 30 seconds, uh, you can know that there are going to be a ton of grenades when there aren't supposed to be any this is going to be a very lively show uh we are going to talk about charlie gets to actually talk about his review of the haunting of bly manor uh we get to actually talk comics which should excite everybody on twitter uh and then we got big news right before we came in here i swear i've rewritten this layout three times so i'm starting to understand kofi's pain every week <laughs> and uh <laughs> so we got some big spider-man mcu doctor strange news uh so stick around for the show we'll be right back all right so first things first, we gotta, we gotta go with the most immediate thing that kind of dropped suddenly. Uh, it's the big MCU news that uh, Doctor Strange will be appearing in the upcoming Spider-Man 3 sequel. Uh, he is going to be- I think you mean Civil War 2, because that's basically what this I've movie's turning into. <laughs> I've seen that. Okay, so okay, before we get there, which that was actually a very good tease, so not jumping the gun, that was a very good tease. So before we get there, let me just give you the facts. So essentially, Doctor Strange is going to be in this in this movie as a in a mentor-like role, following the Tony Stark mentor-like role of the previous Spider-Man films, and that's about all we like officially know. And of course, Benedict Cumberbatch will be reprising the role of Doctor Strange. Now, as to what Jim said, uh, I have noticed that on social media, this has garnered a lot of like either meh or kind of negative uh, reactions, which was kind of surprising to me because, you know, I mean, I love Doctor Strange. I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited for that. I like the MCU version of Doctor Strange. Uh, so I'm excited to see him in anything else. Um, but I've seen a lot of people kind of upset that they're sticking another teacher person with Spider-Man as if he can't be on his I, own. I mean, what is everyone here think? I think the problem is, is that this is starting to become a, like, a circus attraction as opposed to a movie about Spider-Man, right? So you have the yeah. news like uh, like Jamie Foxx uh, coming back and mm -hmm. the implications of what this may mean uh, for a multiverse kind of thing. Everyone is just like, oh my God, please give me Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, make them come back in a live, you know, in this movie. Um, and so I think it's it's, as we start getting more and more announcements about Spider-Man 3, it feels like it's becoming less and less about Spider-Man. And it's like a movie that features Spider-Man as opposed to being a Spider-Man movie. Because that's what those first two movies, one especially, two for the most part, those were Spider-Man movies. Those were movies about Spider-Man that guest starred. I mean, they had big names, right? So we had Iron Man, we had Nick Fury uh, in the other two. And so like, if we didn't have the Jamie Foxx of it all, we didn't have you know some of the other speculation about it at all, I think it would be like, oh yeah, okay, of course. Um, but I think that's where a lot of this, lot of this is coming from. I personally think that Spider-Man and Doctor Strange had some of the best like lines back and forth in uh, in Infinity War. So I'm super excited for this pairing again. I think the real question will be like, how much of that pairing are we going to get? And we are going to immediately regret it yeah. uh, after we get more that's, than maybe three minutes of it. I think that's the thing. I think it's not, I don't think it's people saying like, oh, we're not looking forward to seeing those two interact. Cause I mean, geez, just watch their press tour in like real life. Like those two, together are delightful on and off screen, right? So there's a great chemistry there and we're gonna see some great lines, but it's more about like we're, I think it's a fear of we're starting to retread ourselves already because we just moved Spider-Man away from this mental relationship and we're, we're, we're starting to deal with like the real, you know, human in a little bit of grief and a little bit of just like coming to terms with like where you are in the world and all these kinds of things. And now we're like, Oh, but we're going to put him with another mentor. It almost feels like we're going either in a circle or backwards. Oh, so, I mean, we're I can moving see backwards. We're moving yeah, big time so I backwards. can see that. 
that was because Feige said in 2019 that the whole goal of this, like with Tony Stark gone, we now get to see Spider-Man on his right. own. So there's two big issues. And I, Jim kind of hinted at that, that it's not that strange in this movie, strange being in Spider-Man and seeing Spider-Man, you know, like that's really cool. I don't think he's going to be like a main star of the movie because his movie shooting at almost the same time. Um, I, I think that him appearing would be great. They're great together on screen. The characters are important together, you know, the whole New York aspect of it all. But there's two issues. And the one, what I, I hope was a mistake was the whole mentor thing. And the way that the news framed it when it was reported was that he is going to take over that Tony Stark role. And as we know from every other Spider-Man movie that's not part of the MCU, Spider-Man does not need a mentor to be Spider-Man. Unless the mentor is a villain, and then he has to like confront his mentor and clashing ideologies. Like, that's really cool when it was, you know, uh, when it was... Uh, Green Goblin and when it was Doc Ock like those were really neat things or in Spider-Verse when it's an older Spider-Man we don't need like a babysitter to hold his hand through these movies and that's what's happening and it's really frustrating to anyone who loves Spider-Man what I'm hoping is that that was something lost in communication and that you're going to have Doctor Strange offer him some advice but is it going to be like this hey you know do this right thing man you gotta do it's like to okay hopefully that doesn't happen I agree with you I think also, though, to be to be fair, just playing devil's advocate here, the main difference between like the Spider-Man in the comics and the Spider-Man here is that this Spider-Man is younger. It's you know significantly like he he's not younger just in age. Like he feels younger than the rest of the Avengers. You know, there's there's a real like palpable difference between like their behavior and mannerisms and like how they yeah, interact. I know. I totally, so like I, totally get I get the want to like well okay so now. We need to give him somebody else. Like there right, is some that, of that. That's, with that, that's, that what, the, that's what the that's what the comics and really what the Raimi films did so well was that all of his mentors, people he really looked up to, were bad. You yeah. know, like like when Uncle Ben died, and then he saw you know um, he saw Green Goblin, um, and, and he was like, "Hey, this is my mentor." Sorry, he wasn't Green Goblin yet, but like this is the guy I want to be like, and that turned on him. And then you know, Doctor Octavius, he really looked up to him, and then his ideology was inherently flawed even though he made some good points and spider-man had to come to terms with hey my values mean more to me than what this person's teaching i think this person is wrong and as much as i love them and appreciate them they're going to hurt people i need to stop them and that like that relationship has been so key in these live action spider-man stories that aren't part of the mcu and i i really think that there's it's really easy for the mcu to do that i mean you know you had an opportunity with michael keaton in the first one and, you know, Mysterio kind of had that to an extent, uh, at least for part of Far From Home. And, you know, this, it seems like we're not, like they're actively trying not to do that. And I don't know why. And I think part of it too is just the idea of, we know that Doctor Strange is going to be part of the multiverse. And so even though the Electro thing with Jamie Foxx might just be bringing in a character that was already played by the same person, nothing to do with something else. And then Doctor Strange happens to be in this movie it's easy to assume, oh, we're going to bring in all, merge all the Spider-Verses because of what those two things individually could mean. Yeah. Seeing them and not so close together. I think, I mean, I think also too, like there, there's a lot still at play here, right? Like there's, there is, you know, like we've mentioned, there is still the multiverse blown, being blown wide open aspect to that. We know Dr. Strange is going to tangle or tackle. We know WandaVision is going to tackle. And so like, there's still a pretty long road to get, or I guess, I guess spider, this Spider-Man movie is in the middle, right? WandaVision will come out, then Spider-Man, then strange. Unless things change because of I me, mean, it's, it's hard for me to see Spider-Man coming out in December of next year, but it could happen. They're starting. They're, they're filming tomorrow. No, they're filming in October. I thought because um, they start have, they're, they're, they're doing I mean, some. Is. I imagine pickup shoot stuff in Queens right? tomorrow. Yeah, because they don't they, they don't get Tom Holland yet because he's still doing right. So uh, I think Uncharted. they're they're filming around Tom Holland yeah. for a little bit, and then the full uh, shoot is in October. But next month is supposed to be Strange in London, or this yep. month. Wait, it's October now. It is October. Dude, I don't try to understand huh. the time. And it, they're, they're filming around the same time. Yes. Not in this era. Not in this There is time for sure. It's just like, 
they could move, easily move it back and we could all see that happening because of how things have gone so far. Right. Like the, you are like the, right question, at, right at like the question now though is like, does WandaVision, and it's been rumored that Doctor Strange is going to have a role in WandaVision, but like, is it something where like the post-credit scene for WandaVision actually ties to Spider-Man? Like that would be something that hasn't really been done before because all the Sony stuff has been kept in its own little bubble. Yeah. And, and so if that's the case, um, then it may be bigger than we thought. Then I think it opens the, the, the door to, okay, maybe the, you know, the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield thing isn't as far off as, as we think. Although if I were a betting man, I would probably bet that they show that those other two Spider-Men show up in Spider-Verse two before they show up in live action. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that. If I think I had that there's, I, cause I think like in animation in that way, like it's, there's there's not as many rules, you know, because it's it's not the, the MCU isn't there, so there's not all these other things that have happened, yeah. And it's just way easier to explain. Um, but I also I, wonder I think if that they could be referenced in the MCU, but I don't think we'll ever see them, yeah, like suit up in the MCU as more Spider-Man. But I also wonder if this points to Doctor Strange being the new leader of the MCU. Like the not leader as in the Hulk villain, but like top dog hero. <laughs> Who no one that? thought that. Who assumed that? What are you talking about? I no one been. thought that. <laughs> no, I mean no one was like, oh, the leader. That yeah, villain. yeah, exactly. No comics, everybody. Of course, you're I talking about. Like, I mean, no I know clearly I'm a bigger all. comics fan than than both you no guys. No one's making I mean, that joke. First of all, I really do that. But like. Jeez. Just the, you set it up well. You're like, oh, the leader of the MCU. Like, I know exactly what that means. Anyone who knows the comics wouldn't make that one-to-one comparison, Jim. <laughs> you don't know that, <laughs> really. Okay, well, Doctor Strange cleared that person. The leader. We've okay. cleared it up. All right. So anyway, <laughs> I, I I agree. Especially, I mean, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, but I think that there was a lot of room for for Black Panther to take a, a major role in leadership in this. You know, it, it kind of seemed like Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Doctor Strange were really like the the core, the veteran the core characters that were going to kind of lead things going forward because the guardians are kind of doing their own thing and thor is doing his own thing and you know tony and cap are gone and it really felt like they were going to kind of lead the charge and so i can definitely see you know dr strange and captain marvel having having big roles you know as as we go forward and, and definitely especially with dr strange's powers yeah Definitely. All right. So we got a lot of more uh, movie, actually movie stuff to talk about. So let's kind of segue into that, but make sure to let us know what you think about this. I mean, personally, just as a quick end thing that I don't mean to start anything, uh, but having Dr. Strange in this movie actually got me excited. You can't, you can't preface this it movie and then not expect no, a no, reaction. No, no, no. I'm saying Dr. Strange actually got me excited for this movie. Whereas before I didn't really care. See, Doctor Strange would normally get me excited about a movie, but not in Spider-Man. But see, that's the thing. It's because it's, uh, it's, I don't love these. I know everyone just gushes all over them. I don't love, I like them. I don't love these Spider-Man movies. Like, I just don't. I'm, so, I mean, I, I, I like them. I'm with you. Yeah. I love, I love Holland's Spider-Man as, as like an, an actor character. Yes. I love Holland's And that's Spider-Man. why I like him when he's And I wanted so bad for him movies. to have his own thing. Yeah, but like I don't, I just don't like. love these. So that he got me actually excited, which was why I was surprised when everything was kind of pessimistic about it. But moving on, I'm going to move on to something. I'm going to switch things around a little bit and move on to something that Charlie is very excited about because we got an Adams Family <laughs> teaser trailer, and I know, I know Charlie like loves this movie. Uh, are you it's excited? It's a great movie. It is. I've not seen it. I've not seen it. So I'm it's not on, judging. It's on Amazon Prime. You should watch it. Um, okay. Everyone, it's on Amazon Prime. You should watch it. Uh, the live action ones are on Netflix. They're also fantastic. Um, no, but yeah, the, the, the last year's Adam Family you know, like animated movie, I went to a screening for a review and I was like, I'm going to hate this. Like I watched the trailers and I was like, this is tra- like, it was like Minions animation kind of thing. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be into what's happening. And I just went in really pessimistic and it was not that. It was so funny. It was so like weirdly dark. It had a great message and story to it. I was so surprised by it. And it was like one of my, my ones last year where I was like, I think I'm the most excited person I know about this movie. I think you were. Uh, I'm like I the think big you, champion I was on one. Twitter. Yeah, I was on Twitter, oh. like watching you geek out about this, and it made me laugh. I was. But, I love yeah. that little movie, and so I'm really excited that they're. They announced they're doing another one a while back, and now it's official, and it's next year at Halloween. And um, it was a weird thing because they announced that Finn Wolfhard is not going to be voicing Pugsley anymore. It's another actor's coming in to do it, and at the same time, a new character is joining the family, and they're going to be voiced by Bill Hader. 
and they automatically this, awesome. Well, but they they played the same character in it in the same yeah. movie. So it's like we're losing one Richie Tozier and then getting another Richie Tozier in the same movie. Anyway, it, it, everything just, about that is exciting. I love that Adams Family. <laughs> that Wednesday is so funny. The only bad thing about that Adams Family is that it's not real, like not live action, because Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron as as Gomez and Morticia is like the perfect combination, like the perfect casting, and it's not live action. But it's okay. I get the animated movies and I'm happy, and I'm stoked for getting another one. I will give anything Bill Hader is in a chance. That's just automatic for me. That and Nick Kroll, Nick, Nick Kroll is Uncle Nick Fester. Nick Kroll's good too. So it's uh, like it's all perfect. It does look good. I, I might watch the other one. Uh, you should. I mean, I like it's, it's Halloween it's, season. It won a Halloween season, but two, like it's. There, there are a lot of people who I think hated on it a little bit because it wasn't live action. Which I do this, love the live action ones. The, I mean, the live so, action ones are great. Yeah. But this, I mean, this, this hits all of the notes and everything you would expect and want from an Adams Family movie. That like, I'm sure the budget for this is probably expensive, but probably still less expensive. But from doing some of the things that this movie can do by being an animated movie, um, is. Yeah, it's just it's it's and a it fun. Gets it's a fun. Really image. weird in a in like in ways I was not re- like the o- very opening scene is like the wedding of Gomez and Morticia, and like Morticia wakes up and then goes to like put on her makeup and her makeup like her like you know her foundation and stuff is um her parents' ashes. Like she goes to mm-hmm. an urn and she like gets a brush and put, and I was like, I'm in. This is the weirdest, grossest. Crazy yeah, kind thing. of dark. That's kind oh, of dark. Terrifying. And I was like, "Oh, I'm in. Like, I'm into this. Let's go." And then from that moment, I was like, I was fully locked in, and it just, it was just dark and weird. And like, the kids can watch it. I dug it. I think, I think you like, you don't like scary stuff, and this is like right on the border of like, it's creepy, but it's fun. And but it's creepy, almost but like, fun, creepy. Okay, that I, I will give that. A, I will give that a shot. Uh, we also it's staying on movies and uh, just kind of putting an end note on this. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion uh, did have to halt production. Uh, recently, so it, it's kind of unknown uh, as to like how long it's going to be down, what that means for the release date, if it means anything. Uh, it was due to, it feels like we always talk about uh, coronavirus on this podcast at least once per show, and unfortunately we have to talk about it again because there were some positive tests here, which is why it shut down. So uh, we hope everybody's okay, uh, and we hope everyone quarantines and things get back up and running there, but it was worth a mention. Uh, so let's go to something a little bit more a beat. Uh, let's talk, by the time you are hearing this, uh, you will have seen the new trailer for Amazon Prime Video's Invincible series, uh, which is like, I feel like it used to be when you said Robert Kirkman, it was everyone talked about Invincible. And then like Walking Dead was kind of like, oh, this like niche thing. Now it's like the complete other way around. And you mentioned Kirkman and it's Walking Dead. And then like, Invincible's kind of <laughs> been out of the limelight, you know, for that. And so now we're talking about that. Uh, the trailer came out. I I dug it uh, a lot. It, it's very, um, I mean, it seems to hit all the all the key points from the book. But what did you guys think? It, my only real question that the trailer does not show is how will it handle humor? Because I think we have all been spoiled with the Harley Quinn cartoon where that is a over-the-top, violent superhero show that is funny as hell. It's hilarious. <laughs> and, and then on the flip side, we've been, we've been spoiled to an extent with The Boys, where, again, it's a show that like, is shocking because of what it gets away with in terms of violence and language and whatever in this world of superheroes. And so I almost wonder if like we as an audience may have become desensitized to it that like if invincible is just a very violent cartoon is that enough that's interesting i i get that and i i mean i agree um but at the same time like i feel like there's a chance that it could fill a space that we don't have at really any of. I was talking uh, to Adam, um, Adam Barnhart, one of our writers, uh, if you guys don't know, um, about, you know, he's a big, like, he's obsessed with gargoyles. Uh, we were talking about like those, those kind of cartoons. And like right now, when you look at kind of the animation scape, there are little shows out there kind of that, that fit that mold, but it's like a lot of the popular animations are either like really kid things or 
their comedies. You know, any yeah. when I say animated show, name you know current animated shows, it would probably get through ten or twenty before you name something that wasn't a comedy. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so there might be that room right now for something that it's probably it's a little more grown up than Gargoyles, but here's an animation show that's just it's just a straight up TV show. It's not aiming to be an over the top comedy, um, but it, it hits adult themes and it's also you know computer generated. Like and and that might work. I I'm, I, I don't come from a place of being a huge fan of the Invincible comics. So I don't have a lot of expectations to hold up in terms of in terms of that, um, I mean, it's, I just, it's interesting know. because Invincible is basically like R and R rated Spider-Man mm-hmm. for in, if in a way, right. Teenage hero learning to become a hero has a lot of real life stuff to, to deal with. Uh, I mean, it just so happens that his dad is also one of the, you know, the greatest superheroes ever. Um, but it'll be really interesting. I'm excited for it. It's got a fantastic voice yeah. cast. Yeah, uh, voice and is, like, is, is Stephen Yun the main character? Stephen Yun is, uh, yep, is invincible. It's great. So um, we're getting this brand new show with Stephen Yun as this comic character. And Chu's been on the shelf for how many years now? Like already finished. Yeah. Well, but that's like, but like that. And so like, that's the, that's the thing. It's like for a first trailer, it didn't get, it didn't really get me as excited as I wanted it to be. Agreed. Um, it, like because they, it doesn't it, really show. It, it doesn't show much. Yeah, it's, like it's a more show. Surface, it's like a scene. Yeah, it's a it's very a, surface. A it's really the last what thirty seconds of it that really yep. starts to like do splice stuff where you're starting to see other things from outside of that initial like talk with his dad and yeah. like there's not yeah there's not a ton to it it is a teaser to be fair yep, so i mean fair. it's not a full trailer so i imagine that full trailer will maybe give us some of the, like supporting cast which we get like the bare the the littlest hint of here um so but i agree it's not very funny and i, I, I as charlie pointed out a lot of the animated shows that i love now uh are comedies so yep. there is room but uh but i but i think a full trailer needs to make up some of that excitement. I wasn't like over the moon. I liked what I saw. Um, I don't, I'm also not like a hundred percent in love with the animation style. Um, but you know, Hey, it's cool. So let's pause there. We got some Netflix stuff to get to, uh, in even a little bit of gaming, but, uh, let's go ahead and pay some bills. So stick around. We'll be right back. So, uh, a big, I am excited about this. Uh, I don't know where Charlie stands, (laughs) but I'm excited about this. So Netflix revealed their holiday list of things to come. And, uh, some people on, uh, on the internet were a little, uh, were a little upset that like, we're like skipping over essentially Halloween. This may be the only thing that Charlie and I, this may be the only thing Charlie and I like ever really agree on is because. And I love Christmas stuff. I love Christmas. Christmas. But it is Halloween. It is October. Michael Myers and Freddy and Ghostface. We need our time for the horror stuff. You know, I care about Adam's family. One reason. And the reason is that I get to dress up Ember in costumes now. (laughs) So I have like, I've, we've got like five costumes. We're going to do some kind of virtual Halloween thing so that she can be Captain Marvel this year. That's the only reason I care about Halloween. I love Christmas and I'm excited for Christmas movies. I like Candy I love Christmas movies, but. Like it is, I mean, and when it's not even like mid, like it is the first week of yeah. the first full week of October. <laughs> I do not need Christmas invading my spooky time right now. If I ran like, Netflix, this is the kind of list I, I want my life to look like a spirit <laughs> Halloween store. I don't, I don't need like if you want to talk about like that weird oh. like Claws movie or not Claw, um, Krampus. Krampus. We could talk yeah. about Krampus. We could talk about the Nightmare Before Christmas. We're we going to get a sequel. Those to things we can probably not. We can like have a middle ground there. But you keep hold on to your princess switch until November first. Hey, don't okay? jump the gun. That is let, let hot Kurt Russell Santa wait <laughs> don't until jump Halloween the gun. is over. I was, and then you know, we can hang out. I was even going to start. Too, this is too soon. I was even going to start with the thing you're excited about. But now that you insulted that movie, I'm not. I'm going to start with. My I insulted Kurt Russell. I just I have keep so, it until so. November. So one of the cool things we got in this list of announcements is. Uh, one photos of Princess Switch switched again, which is the sequel that is coming. We're using cool, real. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about this. Then we got the announcement. Sequel that that everyone wanted. Uh, 
Jim. I am not going. No, I am not going. There is a Christmas sequel that, that people are no, excited about for this year, and it is not the that's one you're talking about. That's a troll. <laughs> so then they announced the Princess Switch 3 is coming in 2021. I'm very excited about this. I would Other rather a second well. Noel movie than Stop the Princess it. Switch 3. Wow. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, yeah, and here's the thing. I thought we agreed. Like, we, we had this, like, really cool moment where you agreed on Rise of the Guardians. I thought we'd, yeah. like, bonded. I mean, it's, the, one of the best, it's one of the best Christmas movies Stop of all time. It's a great, it's a great movie, actually. Um, okay, so I'm excited about Princess Switch 3. So that did get announced. Charlie was excited, even though he's very pessimistic right now. He was excited because they announced one of his favorite Christmas movies. Listen, awesome. Nove- November 1st, I'll be the biggest Christmas movie fan on the planet. <laughs> but it is October, what, 8th? No, not yet. Same um, movie. Uh, Christmas Chronicles 2. <laughs> Christmas Chronicles is awesome. Hot Kurt Russell Santa is coming back. And for some reason, Tyrese is in this movie, and I don't quite understand why. Is he? But Ty- yeah, Tyrese is in this movie. Um, but so is Julian Dennison, and Julian Dennison's the greatest. Hunt for Wilder People, Deadpool 2. That's a random cast. <laughs> oh, I know. It's so <laughs> random. Like, it, it's so, but, I, you know, and Goldie Hawn's a main character now. She appeared in the end of the first one as, as Mrs. Claus, and that was just really cute and sweet that they get to be in the movie together. And, like... That movie was so fun and such like a Christmas throwback that we haven't seen in so long. And we're going to get another one. And it's really like, I hope those movies continue for as long as Kurt Russell wants to keep making them. Cause they're just, they're the kind of Christmas movie I'm looking for. It's like, it is, you know, elf and jingle all the way level. Just like oh, it's all fun and goofy. That movie has aged as well in certain ways. Oh, it's aged it. so I, badly. I, I, I love, love it. it. I, love, I love, love it with every ounce of my being. Uh, you did mention elf and that, and that perfectly segues. Uh, I will say though, Christmas Chronicles two is no Noel two evidently. Cause Noel is like somehow a classic now. Uh, I, I will say this? Jim just said he wanted a Noel two. He said before he a want, princess switch. Uh, three. Excuse me. Princess switch three is, Eons better than a Noel. <laughs> I will go on. I will go on record. I, that. No I, one's going to fight right. me. On you, the you're the one that is... just said a minute ago. You just praised Bill Hader and everything Bill, Bill Hader's Hader. in. I love Bill Hader. I, will give, I said Bill I will Hader give it Christmas. a chance. I will give it a chance. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it, but I will give it a chance. Um, is what I said about Bill Hader. You can keep so your I, switch on Hallmark. <laughs> I do love Hallmark too. I will say the holiday movies that made us is the last thing I want to note, mostly because uh, for those who really dug the toys that made us, and it was this cool dive on uh, Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all these classic uh, franchises, they are now doing that with holiday movies, and they're going to start with Elf and The Nightmare Before Christmas. So that makes me excited because Elf is a classic. Uh, so real quick, before we get into deep dive stuff, which we got a lot to talk about, which is horror and comics. So this, this show is kind of well-rounded. It's like we're hitting all the notes. Uh, I did want to talk a little gaming. So today, this morning, one of the most random appearances, I'll say ever, but it's hard with some of the stuff that's come before. But Mortal Kombat 11 uh, just got a new uh, downloadable pack of characters, and it is Melina and Rain, which are pretty normal. And then it's Rambo, and it sounds... I, I didn't get to see if it was actually confirmed or not, but it sounds like it's actually Sylvester Stallone it is. It voicing is him. Yeah, it is. It, it was confirmed to be so. Is it confirmed? Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that trailer is, if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it just, just because it's just, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And I, and I kind of love it. But like, this is the same series that we had Robocop and Freddy Krueger. But I feel like this one is the most like outlandish because at least Robocop was like, you know, those other like characters can armor things, right? Yeah, Rambo just comes out with a giant. Rambo's still gun a and movie, and I don't really get why we're still doing <laughs> Rambo movies. It's but now so we're doing random. Rambo video games. He's just a dude. He comes out with a big gun, and he's like, well, going and the against- first movie had like, it was supposed to be about like his effects in Vietnam, and like it's a it was a yeah, real like, a like real. commentary on real <laughs> things, and now it's like, oh, he's got a gun. Bring him in. He can I mean, shoot I'm up a Baraka. I'm a like sucker for a, a Rambo movie that wasn't like the last one, which evidently was terrible. But I, I'm still a sucker for like most Rambo movies. It, it's just so outlandish here because he's literally going against someone who can turn in the water and like teleport, and another person who can like who can literally like survive almost anything and can like chew him. Like it's just so it's so random. But uh, I I did kind of like you want to play him. I, I did come out wanting zero to desire. Play. I, did come I can't. Out. Jim, like, where do you stand? I don't understand. I get like they want to make money, and it's all about money. And so you get these like 
Schwarzenegger and and you know Stallone and like you bring him in, but like all the things that they have at their like disposal. MK10 had some of the best day, like all of the slasher villains as DLC. Were trying, to, so trying to see where Charlie's going with this, but go ahead, keep yeah, going. But on, <laughs> then they've got like other like again, they want to sell things, so I get you're going to go Rambo, but like they brought in Joker because he's an iconic, the most popular yeah. villain of all time. But yeah. think about all the other DC villains that would be so much better in a bloody, gory, violent Mortal. Where is Killer Croc in Mortal Kombat? They're saving him for they like, save him for injustice. I was gonna say exactly. Like a Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat fan doesn't. Here's the here's the thing that you need to understand about Mortal Kombat. I know they don't care. I'm just saying there's better bloody crazy people than dude with gun. Mortal Kombat fans love Mortal Kombat, right? So like that's 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 the big thing. Like as a very big Mortal Kombat fan myself, Jameson Brown over at Pop Culture, huge Mortal Kombat fan. Really care about Mortal. That's why the news of Melina. And Rain is such a bigger deal than Rambo. Than, so they're bringing characters yeah, like, that came out when Mortal Kombat was not, cool, but, but not to the like mainstream Rambo fan. And but Robo yeah, but, here, but here's the but here's the thing though. Rambo, like RoboCop, like Terminator before him, four eleven are all hyper violent characters. They that's are, what yeah. this entire franchise. I, that's is what about. I'm saying. I want people who like are like a gun being hyper violent is not cool. It's just a gun. Well, but like, but that's I, I think that's, I mean, that's what we saw in the trailer. He's definitely, I mean, there's, he, there will definitely be a bag of tricks, I'm sure. That yeah, but he's just a dude. Okay, so, yeah. question. But he's Rambo. Question that's totally then, different. Question, and then we got, <laughs> we got to move into other things. But I will say, okay, so we've had to, to back to Jim's point. Like, they've, they've now announced, like, the Ultimate Edition, and so this seems to be, like, the last pack, uh, from yep. what I understand. But just going off it, because typically these things always used to come in fours. So, you know, we have like Terminator, we had RoboCop, and we had Rambo. It doesn't look like we're going to get another pack. But if we did, what's that other hero? Well, okay, but like that's not in the same class to me. 80s, like 90s action heroes, if we're we're taking those people. I mean, if you're going to do Rambo, you you might as well do John McClane. Like, there's no reason there's not one. to do John McClane if you're doing Rambo. It's not, it's not a bad option. What, I would rather play as John McClane than Rambo. Oh, man, I don't know. See, ro- like, RoboCop is, like, would have been, like, it for me. We got RoboCop. Dude, wait, no, time out, time out. Jim, stop, stop. I, I'm going to say this. He's going to say the crow, and that's the, the, the worst idea. That's the worst idea. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't fit. That doesn't fit in the 80s action movie. Yeah, it doesn't movie. fit the action movie It's like early mold. 90s action like It a, doesn't fit the mold. It's, but it's cool. It's cool. It's cooler than Rambo. How did you know he was going to say the crow? I'm curious. <laughs> we, we've, been ta- crow. we've been talking. I, I, I just watched about it for it. the first time recently. I yeah. want, so, if it wasn't attached to such a trash human being, I would want Steven Seagal. Mostly because uh, I would want him to run. I just want a running animation. So like he just, he's like the Dan of Mortal Kombat. That's what I want. I want a Steven Seagal that is essentially the Dan. Like all his moves are like super short. They don't extend very far. Oh my God, that's a brilliant idea. I want that now. That's, that's what I, I mean, I, I, I'm actually surprised that they did not go with uh, Snake Plissken. Um, or have oh not God, gone there. Like perfect. I feel like that's a a great one that fits uh, perfectly. Would have been much more exciting. I mean, you could also. I mean, you could also go with Max from Mad Max, which one. is a you know another awesome like. It, it, which 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 would make more sense Tango because when you think of Tango and Cash. Well, but but like but like Max makes sense, right? From Mad Max because. It's a Warner Brothers owned property and yeah. NetherRealms is owned by, by Warner Brothers. So that's like, you don't even have to pay the licensing fees nah. on that one. Like that one is done and easy. Um, I, I don't know, like, it's weird because do, like, do you go with one of a Chuck, like a Chuck Norris character? Uh, that's who I initially said. Warner Brothers already has to deal with, with the fact that they're attached to J.K. Rowling. They're not going to bring Chuck Norris into it. <laughs> Oh, wow. On that, you know what? That's a good stopping <laughs> point. That's a great stopping point for this topic. So there you go. I would love to hear uh, your ideas and submissions, though. So use the comic book nation hashtag uh, and, you know, throw those out there because some, these are some great ideas. So maybe for, uh, you know, MK12, we'll get those in there. <laughs> uh, so moving on to horror. 
Bum, bum, bum. Charlie, uh, you got to uh, review The Haunting of Bly Manor for us. Uh, take us that. through uh, what you thought. Um, so you mentioned horror. It is horror, but it's not, like Hill House, it's not, it's not really scary. So I think a lot of people that are put off by horror things still will want to check this out. Like it's eerie. The vibe is very scary. And a lot of the horror comes from the, the themes and the content, like, the, like what it's about and how it makes you feel about real life like that is is haunting to think about like lost love and ghosts of the past and like there aren't a bunch of big scares and gross things to see in this movie there's a couple here and there but or in the show sorry um but it's it's a it's basically a sequel to hill house but in an anthology format so kind of like american horror story where every season is different i mean they've all connected now but where every season is different a lot of the same actors it's like a more prestigious version of that um where it's it's way it's more elegantly produced, um, it's better written. Uh, it's not just like crazy shock value. Like it's it's got a real a lot of substance to it. But Bly Manor is it takes place in the '80s and um, it's about it's it's based on Henry James's The Turn of the Screw. Um, so it's about this au pair who she's an American. She moves to England and takes care of these two kids. But there's so many weird things happening in this house. It's after their parents and their previous au pair have died tragically, and you know the little girl has a dollhouse that she has little dolls of everyone that lives in the manor in and they have to be in certain places and you don't really know what's going on with that. There's things kind of at night, like, Hey, stay in your room. Don't you know go anywhere at nighttime. And there's little secrets to everybody in the manor. Um, but as it kind of unfolds, this shows more of like a Gothic romance than anything else. And, and Mike Flanagan, uh, the, the creator has said multiple times that this is a love story. It's not a ghost story. And that's actually said in the show. Uh, towards the end. It's, it's not a love story it's, or it's not a ghost story. It's a love story. So um, it really deals with what people do for love and what love means to different people and, and how love can affect your fear and how love can affect your perception um, and, and what dealing with the loss of love really looks like and how that can affect somebody. Um, it's, it's a really, it's a really beautiful show. I, I don't think it's quite as good as Hill House. Um, I think it's a little bit of a step down from that. Part of that is, the back half of the show kind of loses itself a little bit. Um, the ending's very good, but kind of the second batch of episodes really kind of get lost in themselves. There's a lot of like one-off, this episode explains the backstory of this thing. This episode explains the history of this thing. And it kind of like, it kind of stops, you know, like screeches to a halt. And it just, it feels like you're not moving anywhere for a little while. Um, but it, those episodes are still good. They're just a little frustrating. Uh, and part of it is the first season was, uh, the Hill House was, directed entirely by Mike Flanagan. And so there's a lot of continuity in style, you know, from episode to episode. And he tried really big things. Like a lot of people talked about after Hill House, there's that one episode called Two Storms, where most of the episode is a one shot thing through this um, uh, funeral home. And it's one of the most like masterful things I've ever seen on a TV show. Like, like 30 minutes of this one continuous shot that they had to orchestrate for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and there's nothing in Bly Manor that stands out that way um the performances are very good I think uh, Victoria Pedretti who really like became a big name because of Hill House um I think she's a little miscast in this like she's the lead character and she is absolutely able to be a lead just uh the character of Danny just isn't quite suited to her talents but she does she does a good job with it um uh, the whole cast is is great across the board um, and like I said, the ending is, is very, very good. Um, but I think in the middle, it kind of loses itself. And, and Hill House is just a little bit better because it has that continuity all the way through. There's, there was never a point in Hill House where I felt like, okay, come on, move along, move along. Um, you know, Blind Manor could have maybe used one or two less episodes than it has. And I think it would have been a lot better. But overall, it's still really enjoyable. Um, the, the love story at the core of it that kind of sneaks up on you, like it, it is really powerful and, and um, it, it's it's a very interesting story to to tag along with. So I'm glad I saw it. I'm gonna encourage people to watch it. Uh, I gave it a three out of five in my review, and that's kind of where I feel like it's good. I I appreciate it and I like it, but I'm not like raving about it like I was Hill House when that came out. But I think Hill House kind of set a really high bar, so I didn't expect Bly Manor to go past. It would have taken a lot for it to to reach that level to me. Um, but it was it's still pretty good. So it comes out. It'll be like, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be out on Netflix. So. If you're into spooky stuff, check it out this weekend. Like I said, it's not overly scary. So um, even those two are, are kind of iffy on horror movies. My wife hates horror movies, 
but she was sitting and watching this with me and, and enjoying oh, it quite we agree. a bit. So yeah. So if you can, if you can do that, if you can handle, you know, some light spooks, then uh, you should definitely check it out. So, okay. This is a quick question because uh, we won't dive too deep into it uh, because I, I know, I think you're the only one who's seen Hubie Halloween uh, so far, unless Jim has. I don't know if Jim watched it last night. Yeah, Did you? Jim, okay. Jim, there's no way Jim didn't watch the Adam Sandler movie. Okay. So qu- question, because I, I haven't seen it yet. I don't want to dive too deep, but uh, which one would you recommend? Would you recommend Bly Banner? If someone's going to watch something answer that question. You, or would you recommend it, Hubie? They're totally different things. I yeah, know, that's... but which one would you recommend? Which one? Okay. It doesn't matter that they're totally if, different things. Which one is better? If you were asking me, then Hubie Halloween. Yes. If like another I person that like appreciates horror, horror stuff <laughs> is asking me that I'm going to say Bly Manor. I think Bly Manor is also much... two different. They're also two right. different times. Right. That's, that's why I said. Yes. Like, but it, which it depends one? On okay. Yes. I understand this, but if you, I would, if I would tell people to watch Hubie Halloween first to get it out of the way, then go jump into Bly Manor. Why did it get it out of the way? Did you not enjoy it? No. You're going to want to see it because everyone's going to, everyone's going to talk about it and you're going to want to be part of that conversation. Okay. But do you, okay. As, as in the reason I was excited for this was because it looked more like classic Sandler. Yeah. It's stuff. banana. Is it, it, is, it, 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 that, is it more like Waterboy Gilmore-esque or? Nah, we, I wouldn't say that it, it's, it reminds me a lot of like a mashup of little Nicky and grownups. I was going to say, it's, uh, it's more Nicky like little terrible. Nicky than I think anything else. Yeah. But, but it's, it's much sweeter than those. Like, like the, at, at its core, like this movie has a lot of heart, which, I think Sandler missed a lot early in his career. Um, but it, it, it's very much like as it, you know what some movies he made, it was like, oh, this is for kids. Like he made this for his kids. And some movies he's like, he just made this for his friends and it's just dumb. This is a real good middle ground of that. Like it has some adult humor in it. That's not like over, like it, it's immature sometimes, but it's not like overly out, like ridiculous six immature. And it, it never gets kiddish to where you're like, I don't care about this. It's a really good middle ground in that, that he, I think, Okay. That balance he doesn't this have. This feels like a, this feels like more refined Sandler doing classic Sandler. I do, I will say that my favorite Sandler is when 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 he is playing kind of the straight man and everyone else around him is a caricature. Like I was rewatching Big Daddy, which is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I like Big and Daddy like a lot. you know Rob Schneider is like the is the uh, over the top like the cozy's delivery guy. The is like he's really you know, big in that movie. And, you know, his other cohorts are kind of these bigger characters. And he, while he has his explosions in that movie is a normal guy. Yeah. And I like Sandler best when he's doing that. You know, this is more of a water boy, little Nicky type character that he plays, but it comes from a more earnest place. He's not making fun of anyone. He's, he's very like, it's really introspective. Uh, I was reading a lot on online about, and I didn't think about it until someone brought this up. And I think it's a really good point that it's kind of introspective about his career and how people have, commented on his career over the years and how they think it's so stupid and the effect that like bullying like that can have. And it, it's, it's, it, it's a solid movie. I don't think it's, I mean, it's not the greatest movie ever. It's an Adam Sandler movie, but like, it's really fun and I'm glad I watched it and I'll probably watch it again. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give that. I'll give Two that. things today, Jim and I agree on. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a record. That's a re- I thought, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I thought this would be like, <laughs> this would be like a uh, comic book nation version of a debate. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're, this would we're be just very much disagreeing with you. It backfired on you because we're ganging up on you. No, now. no, no, it's not backfiring. <laughs> I just thought it was going to be like that. That is what I thought. And this has been like a nice, pleasant conversation for the most part. Right? Well, we're both well, decent okay. people, so we can let Let's each other finish no, their topic before they, uh, go you know. No. <laughs> I'll let Jim finish <laughs> so, talking before I cut him off and talk, and he'll do the same I for won't. me. I'll, cu- I'll cut you off right at the right when That's I need true. To <laughs> I'll try to give you benefit of the doubt. All right, so as promised, uh, let's get into some comics because uh, this week, I remember on the rundown, it was like I went through a ton of books, but I mean, there was there were so many and there was a lot of really good stuff this week. Of course, a lot of it was dominated by X of Swords, which uh, there were three chapters this week. That's a lot for one week. That's a lot for one. That's a lot for one week. And for anyone who's who's read the X of Swords stuff, it can be kind of dense anyway. So that's like a supremely a lot. Is it X of Swords uh, or Ten of Swords? Do we know? X. Okay. It, it, like, in confirmed. this case, it is X of Swords. But okay. yes, it for has sure. been the Ten <laughs> Powers of Ten before. So yeah, who just check? It's whatever whim Hickman's on at the moment. Here, um, I, I want to start by saying my favorite part of all of these tie-ins have been at the very end, a new person finding a sword and joining that circle. Right. Yes. Has been the Very coolest part. So. so, which? Oh, by the way, spoilers. Oh yeah, duh. My bad. I, I didn't do that. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> we are going to talk. 
about all about, about House of X or Lots not House of, of X. X. I know of it's so easy. House of X too. <laughs> yes, X of Swords. Uh, so of course, it the first kind of two part because they really go together was in Wolverine and in X Force. Those those stories really go together. Whereas Mirage was kind of its own thing, just kind of set aside, revolving around Storm. Uh, yeah. Wolverine and uh, X-Force revolved around Wolverine and the hunt for the Muramasa sword. Uh, and then we got to meet, and how am I, it's, it's Solem? Is that how you Solem is how, that's, that's how I said it in okay. my head. So uh, yeah, we, who's been teased as like Wolverine's greatest nemesis and whatever, <laughs> like all this stuff. So coming in, you know, expectations were high. I, I did, uh, was this the one where you, <laughs> was this the one where you said like, this was Capullo? Like, oh yeah, Victor Victor Bogdanovich, <laughs> the artist on this book, is clearly you know learned at the at the altar of Capullo, and I love it. Like uh, Marvel Capullo's gets great. Marvel gets Capullo at you know in 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 this. Like it's been one of the like don't get me wrong. I love like I the my the biggest draw for me into this Wolverine book when it started was Adam Kubert because you cannot get any better than Adam Kubert than maybe Stuart Eminem but like that's it uh, I love like I said I love for Wolverine um, in particular whoa, or just whoa, any writer ever whoa no artist like artist like, yeah. I mean like okay. like I love Adam Kubert so much who um, has dude, by the way been turning in some great work dude uh, he does for decades he's been putting been like one of the best cover artists in the business. Um, it's just, but anyway, I love Adam Kubert. Anyway, when I started to see me and Stegman Hiver coming Bogdanovich, uh, his, when I started to see his work in Wolverine, I was like, Oh wow. Cause I know he's done a few other things here and there. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was like, what? Like it, it works for this character. And then, I mean, then you get to see like, Oh, like there's a lot of very Capullo ish things, which like, I don't think is, would be considered an insult. I mean, Capullo is a, a master. I love Capullo. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think what, you know, we'll see potentially an evolution of his, his style or what, or whatnot, but you know, it feels like Capullo doing a Wolverine book and that's, I, and I love that. So I like the fact that, okay, so the Krakoa Arako stuff can get kind of, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. a lot. Okay, it's but a Wolverine, lot for Wolverine people. telling Krakoa basically to F off is like that was great. one of the best moments. Great moments. There's some great moments in here. And actually, I like the the premise of that, you know, this person, like you, you, this story ties in a lot with like the original Four Horsemen and that this person, like there's like a personal tie there. And that's why, you know, he's been in this hellscape. And then the interactions between him, uh, Solemn and Wolverine are very they're interesting because they're not just the straight up you know villain hero stuff there's a lot of gray in logan and so this character is also like they're they're playing that up and that's why they're actually not enemies the entire time and so there's some some interesting stuff and then at the very end we get like you know the fact that there's two swords and then there's this deal made and so it's going to be both of these people because both of these are chosen for their respective sides. And so they're going to be battling each other. They both have animantium, you know, in their, whether it's like Wolverine skeleton or in his case, it's like his the armor, his armor, armor. Yeah. Skin. I guess I thought it was, it's like skin or armor. uh, Yeah. I couldn't quite swords made out of then if they're fighting adamantium, the swords can actually cut through. So that's why like it has, because it has a soul inside. Yeah. Because it's the soul of Muramasa Okay, split yeah. his soul into two different swords. So that's why During it can a cut wedding, through. For whatever I love, reason. I love <laughs> comics. <laughs> I love these Remember that these time he killed Wolverine by pouring adamantium on him? Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah, he got <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb. Um, <laughs> and then he just like magically sliced himself out of it. Whatever. I got pet Um Hot claws. Oh, God. Don't get me started. But okay, here, okay so, but here's, here's one of our... Like, hot, like, here, I got to say this. I love... The right level of dumb for comics. Yeah, but here's the... I am really starting to like Ben Percy as a writer, Man. especially on the X books. Like he is just on Wolverine and on X Force. He's just he's just killing it. Did did Percy write Nightwing last year? Was he on a Nightwing run? Was I he? don't remember. I don't. Remember. He, I'll look it up. He was on something I, have, that I was reviewing last year that it wasn't a normal thing that I would read. The and I remember. Re- I remember kind of blurred up. Everything. I remember I one, really liking one small it problem. I read that Percy did anyway. Showing scenes of Wolverine moving at just as a skeleton makes no sense. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> makes no sense. That was weird. You can't move your skeleton without the muscles. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just a skeleton on the floor. 
That was that was lame. I, I will say, yeah, no, I can't explain that. Oh wait, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's, I did, that especially work. when they show him regenerating in the cell with, like later, right? Like that's one of just wait, like, just wait till he just reg- wait, like, just wait till he regenerates, because then you don't even have to open that bike ball of right. oh, yeah, that bag. Um, Percy did one run, did a one six issue arc of Nightwing. Oh, okay. I, remember, I remember liking it very much. It was the end of December twenty eighteen. If anyone's so, heard Percy speak, by the way, he sounds like a Wolverine right? <laughs> <laughs> like straight up you would you immediately know he's the x-force writer but i i will say i was very impressed when he came on x-force and he yep. delivered just some really he really leaned into that covert <laughs> ops concept and then with wolverine he's impressed i mean i'm not the biggest like wolverine stan of like the solo wolverine stuff. i was saying i usually don't like wolverine solo books yeah like they're he doesn't really, need one well, he's in everything uh, else. Yes. Yes. No, he absolutely, <laughs> he absolutely needs one. But just, I understand uh, why he has one, but I've never, yeah, I've never grabbed it. It's funny to me that you said that he sounds like a Wolverine guy because I was looking up on Wikipedia to see what the book was that he wrote. And this is the picture that Wikipedia gives of him. Yeah. 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 Man, you heard talk? With a, He's no, got but the deepest. He's just like, up in, in the middle of the woods with a vest yeah. and a shirt, and it's like, oh, and, it's the Wolverine guy. That's awesome. And he has said that Wolverine is his absolute favorite character, and it shows. It, it, and it that's, shows. And that's and that and that, when that works out, when you have a creator who genuinely loves a character or characters and wants to tell a story for about those characters, you can tell because it's magic. What yeah, I hate is Aaron's, Aaron's when you store can, really felt that way. Like, well, but like, I, I just hate when like, you, you know, there, there are creators who just feel like they are doing their own independent book and with the characters that they're given, right? Like it's not, it's not a book or a story with the characters in mind. It's a story that the person wants to tell and they're shoehorning it in with characters. Like it's, you can see it night and day when it happens. And with, with these two, like with, with, with Percy, you can tell it's absolutely not the case. Agreed. Yeah, very much so. I mean, that, that's, you know, when editorial is like, hey, you can have these guys. What are you supposed yeah. to do, right? You want to tell your story, but you got to use, you know, booster gold. <laughs> like sometimes it just happens that way, right? Yeah. Um, you say that like it's an insult. No, I'm, no, I'm just saying like <laughs> there, there have been, there have been plenty of stories about like, especially like DC. But times, we, but we do like need to talk about Marauders. Because, yes, but we do need to talk about Marauders because Marauders I thought was also fantastic. By the way, I thought Marauders was the uh, creation was really good, and I yeah. like the Wolverine stuff. Yep. This is the best issue of Extra Swords like that's been done so far. This was fantastic. And it's crazy because like as opposed to Wolverine, there's not really a ton of action in this. Like the action is very it's towards the end. It's kind of in a small sequence. Uh and it's really like storm facing things as opposed to just, you know, Shuri at one point. Uh mm-hmm. but essentially this whole issue is Storm needs to go find her sword, which her sword is tied to like the essentially ancients that eventually would form Wakanda and it's the Skybreaker, correct? Well, I'm making, yep. want to make sure I got that one right. Yep, yep. Um, and so this sword, it, and it's great because most of this is just back and forth dialogue between Storm and Shuri. And there's just like these really interesting conversations about like, like privilege and like where you mm-hmm. are as far as, you know, are you going to put your people first? Are you like, there's a really interesting stuff here and they're just back and forth and they're just sitting across the table from each other. And then you get yep. to the kind of the epic stuff and there's yeah. some and then, amazing and scenes to- with Black Panther. Oh my God, he's not in it very much. But oh, that yeah. final part, that whole, like, whole final little sequence that kind of <laughs> that kind of screw you but you but you also says. get to see but you also get to see storm as the you know awesome x-man that that she is or like the awesome mutant that she is like she's got an insane power set and she's you know when and when she is able to to go and and do that when they like it's just it's awesome like and, and i thought they did it in a really clever way showing off her like her various you know yeah. powers but also her own like she can handle her own in hand-to-hand combat like it was a very 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 cool issue and so um we, we didn't really caveat we said it a tiny bit in the very beginning but like basically w- what we're coming into in these next couple of chapters are um there need to be champions basically the 10 champions that need to go off and fight on behalf oh, so of so there's 10 swords Yes, that's why there's ten swords. Um, I'm saying there is ten swords. It's, it's, yeah, so there's ten. So ten, 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 ten we're basically at the part now where everyone is, 
you know, go they're, getting their their, they're getting their swords. Um, and at the very end, everyone stands in the circle that magic was at first. Um, but like, you know, Wolverine. Because she just Wolverine, had her sword. She, she had to do sword. anything. She already right. had her sword. And then, uh, and then like, but like, and then like you said, like at the very end, Storm shows up to the circle and Wolverine is like, oh, it's about time. Um, but like, it's, it's, these next couple of chapters, I think are going to be a lot of fun. I think where this may end up losing me is when we actually get to the fight. See, I thought that, but the the other world stuff with because now there's actually stakes like and and what they're doing with each one is like making sure that like there are stakes not just attached to the battles themselves but to the swords like we find out here right that taking this sword from here can have drastic effects on like Wakanda and yep. the power structure and things like that. Same with like Wolverine, right? We don't know what the deal they made was. Also, we know yep. that it can kill either one of them. So yep. uh, the same with other world stuff as being like, if you die over there and you're a mutant, yes, they can bring you back, but you probably, you might not be the same person. So they're establishing all these stakes in each issue. So I feel like by the time we get to the battles, they will matter as opposed yep. to just being like, Oh, Hey, draw a bunch of splash pages. Uh, my only my only real like weird ish thing about this is and you you learned it you learn about it in the other i guess it was in creation right where they basically you, you find out that like bringing back mutants who have died uh, in the other world yeah x factor right that was it um is like like stakes or, or like like oh shit um i feel like that kind of vulnerability I don't feel like we've built up to that enough since like the start of house of x like it still feels like you know the Isle of Krakoa was just formed still and like, they're still figuring it out. Like this whole idea of this whole favorite nation or whatever has like gone wrong basically at every turn. <laughs> and so, <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no, because I feel like in Marauders, I feel like if you read Marauders month in and month out, it doesn't feel that way. Sure, but like, then you read X Force, and it's like here's yes. this impregnable island, and oh, now all the people can get here. No, like they figured yes. out a way. It's been two months. Agreed. No, I, I I feel like it does drastically change depending on which series you're reading, which that <laughs> needs to kind of be shored up because yeah. there's not a consistent. Because yeah, like Marauders, it feels like yes, there are deaths, yes, there are things that go wrong, but we also get, and we even get it in here where she's where Storm is talking about like their successful. Yeah, you know, like business and, and also the success and like getting this cure to people cures, and all these things. Yeah. And for a long period of time. Right. So yeah. it's, you get that. And then, yeah, you go into other books and it's like, Oh my God, someone else invaded for the 90th time. <laughs> oh, this person died again. Like, okay. You know, uh, how many times you have a living ecosystem as a security <laughs> guy, how many times is it going to happen? Uh, but I agree. I, I think, I think that does that consistency needs to be there, yeah. but I am interested. I mean, they've, I, we when we first talked about this event, I don't think any of us cared. I think any of no. all of us were pretty much like, I don't know about this. This is not a great follow up. And and so far, they've found a way to make things matter. Um, yep. So yeah, so that's X of Swords. I mean, definitely cha- that is a lot of chapters. And by the way, this is going to happen a lot because uh, I forget yep. the there's twenty two for them. next week. Yeah, but uh, there's going to be multiple chapters in every week. You're going to want to make sure you pay attention to the reading order because reading these out of order so far has not been a big deal, but I imagine as we get further and further along, we'll matter. I have um, just one final note because I know we need to move on, but yeah. I thought the very, very end of Marauders with, uh, with what Black Panther does to the gate and his line after mm-hmm. that was A+. plus. Uh, that whole interaction Sequence. was yeah. when Storm is like, I got, I didn't want to essentially, I'm done waiting on you, like to think I matter enough to respond. And I was like, oh, burn, (laughs) such a burn. And then when he's like, kill the gate and you know, I was like, oh, that's that's so good. Right now, granted, he waited till she left. I'm just gonna, (laughs) I was gonna put that out there. He waited till she left. So Storm like totally owned him in that. Um, But yeah, no, and I love anytime Kitty Pride like Red Queen Kitty Pride is amazing. So anytime she's in the book, it's it's always a good thing. Um, so yeah, so moving on to a couple of guys, and these we won't get into uh, as deeply because of course, Exorcist Swords we have to dive into. But I did want to mention uh, as a quick aside, uh, Black Widow number two, I don't know who else read it here. Uh, this series is absolutely stunning. This, this book is gorgeous. Is anyone else reading this book? Yep. Okay, this book is absolutely gorgeous. It's also just like really funny at times because of the involvement of, and I'm going to do something I hardly ever do. I'm going to give Hawkeye props because Hawkeye in this book is great. 
is absolutely great in almost everything. It's him, Winter Soldier. And also, this book is doing something for me. I typically don't like arcade stories because they are very one-dimensional. They, they hardly ever rise above. I put everybody in a place, and then I'm defeated within like an issue or two. It's, it's rarely ever anything that matters. And here, I will say so far with like who he's reporting to and, and the subtlety and like the deception, there's interesting stuff there. So, so far I'm in, we'll see how long that lasts, but this book is absolutely stunning. It has just some really cool action. Who's, and, who's the artist behind that? Uh, Casa Grande? Yep. Yes. Um, I don't remember her first name, I'm blanking. I think it's Elena, but I might, I might be wrong on that. Um, but, but definitely like this book is beautiful. Uh, I will say also champions number one, uh, my boy, uh, Simone DeMio is is on this book and uh, and it looks so good too. Oh, it looks so good. He, uh, I was worried because I loved I loved the last champion run, but Eve Ewing killed it. Like it's really good. Oh, and if you read it, I don't know if anyone else reading Magnificent Miss Marvel, but if, if you read Eve Ewing's Champions and uh, Saladin Ahmed's uh, Miss Marvel together, like it is one of my favorite one to me. I don't, I haven't read comics like you guys have, but like, it's one of the best like tandem things. Like they go so well together and oh man, like that, what they've done with that champion story to and really, the whole, the whole outlawed situation, yeah. like they're doing what they try to do in the civil war movie, but like actually good. Oh man. Geez, like so much. It's like if the Sokovia Accords is about teenagers <laughs> and they were real stakes and you really felt their pain. When and did everyone start hating civil war? Is that a thing? I think he meant civil war too. Oh, no, I, I meant, I meant the movie. Civil no, war. He meant the movie civil war. Oh, the and movie. I've, I've been seeing that get a lot of hate lately. And so I was, it's I'm just, it, I think it's kind of dumb, but that's just me. Um, but it just like, it, it deals with that. Like we're not allowed to be superheroes, but what is our, like, and the government trying to control things wrongly. And, like the whole Kamala law and it just, it is such a good, that whole outlaw thing is awesome. When the setup I was announced it. about like, Oh, there's another law. Oh, there's a thing like people like 21 and under essentially can't be heroes. Right. And like that whole thing, I was like, Ugh, cause we've, we've seen that we've seen laws go into place. We've seen, and civil war does come up. I adore the first civil war comic series. Um, civil war two is trash. But the first Civil War comic series is great. So like I seeing that over and over again, sometimes it's like a little dull. And then to see what they've done with it, mostly in the subtlety with like Miss Marvel and like how Kamala is trying to lead this group and the differing opinions within it. And they really actually feel like a family, like all that stuff. And, right? and they feel they have this pure because they're young. They have this pure like intent behind everything. Yeah. Like they, they really like you can feel how they really want to help and they really want to do the right thing and there's that whole talk conversation kamala says in the issue about um you know the government and these these people in charge and these adults like they're they're not doing anything they're trying to make laws and say things and make procedures only to make more of them and to not actually do anything like for the kids there's no like they're not running anything they're not beholden to any like group or entity they they just want to do right. And it, it, that contrast for some reason, when they put it with teenagers, it just, it works so, so well. I mean, e-viewing, I'm so excited to see what happens in this run. I mean, and Saladin has been just crushing it in Miss Marvel to begin with. And these, yeah. th I'm excited for the future of what's happening with these characters. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, uh, I, 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 I came away a, a, a believer in this and, and I'm excited to see where this goes. And also it doesn't hurt that uh, Simone pulled in some Power Rangers uh, little flourishes with like, you can see like their face kind of through the visor stuff. Like that's really slick. Uh, so this, yeah, this is definitely one of the, uh, the series I'm looking forward to most. Also just a quick thing before we go, cause we need to wrap up. Uh, if you're not reading Deadpool, I don't know why you don't like fun because literally I'm not the biggest Deadpool Stan. All right. I'm not. And I've read my share of Deadpool comics and like some I love and some I don't, but this one is just all like, I look forward to this book every month because it's just sheer joy. It's like, I, it's so ridiculous. And like one, it has Elsa Bloodstone in it. So that dynamic is great, but Jeff the shark is amazing. And there are so many fun moments. I want a Jeff the shark plush. I want everything Jeff the shark. I stand. Somebody watched the, the Harley Quinn animated series and said Deadpool was missing uh, the shark. Uh, by the way, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jeff the shark was around prior. 
<laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Prior. So uh, I'm very excited uh, about this book. You should definitely read this book. I, I recommend it every month. So with that, uh, I hope you enjoyed our little comics talk. It was actually really cool. We got to talk some uh, deep dive in the comics. So uh, thank you for listening to the show. Of course, you can catch us on Facebook when we stream this live on Wednesday and Friday. And of course, you can catch our podcast, our little audio voices uh, on whatever format and uh, podcast provider you choose. So uh, iTunes, of course. Uh, I, I know Kofi always jokes so like <laughs> RSS feed, but I'll say it, <laughs> RSS feed. Uh, you can catch us on Alexa devices if you say Comic Book Nation. And uh, so make sure to uh, listen to the show. Of course, thank you for all the feedback. One day we will be back in the office one day we will read reviews and Jim is already preparing all the shirts to go out for all the five-star reviews that we have. Thank you so do, much for listening to the show. I do want to say though, uh, two things. We do have the comic book nation Twitter account at comic book yes. nation. We do also have a comic book nation YouTube channel. So if you want to watch the show on YouTube and not on Facebook or anywhere else, uh, you can find uh, Comic Book Nation there. Not on Comic Book Main, the one. We have a, spe a special one just for Comic Book Nation. Special. It's fancy. It's, it's a special. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, yes, as Jim mentioned, we have our Comic Book Nation uh, Twitter feed. Uh, also, you can just use the hashtag Comic Book Nation if you want to chime in on topics or just tag us on anything. Uh, you can catch me at Mag Aguilar CB. I mean, at Jim Viscardi. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. Oh, I like the dramatic pause there. That was good. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, listening to this show. We really appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. Deuces. <laughs>